Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Hey, guys, why don't we eat? Dear, don't go to the bus. I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. Cornflakes! 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 Spam, 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 baked beans, spam, 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 and spam! I said I don't want any damn vegetables! Lentils are really good, you know? Mmm, forbidden donut. Paradiddle. And he had no clue. And I've got a drummer next to me who's looking at me with just like going, Ah, <laughs> oh, you poor man. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the afternoon here on this Sunday, an interesting Sunday nationally. A cool Sunday more uh, locally, shall we say. And it's my delight to look across at said drummer, who is so much more than that. Did you hear that little ch- <laughs> A very poor drummer. A drummer? Yeah. Maddie, how you doing? Hello, Cameron. Uh, Great to see you. It is an awesome day in Melbourne. I drove in with a little sunroof open. The sun is out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good. Wow. You must have Get had out a, there and enjoy You must it. have had a blessed corridor of light following you because... Uh, from where I drove, oh right, it was grey. It is tough because the sun's so low in the sky yeah. this time of year. You've got to get yeah. if you're driving through the city, you've got to get the angles right. Otherwise, yeah, yeah you need your freezing. special mirror on your sunroof so that you can reflect it onto yourself. <laughs> yes. uh, no, we did uh, talk with John at the market, yes. and um, his statement was the sun is trying oh. to break out. It hadn't actually. Um, it was like a, a hopeful future tense, Matt, rather than enjoying the beautiful now, like your beautiful Buddhist moment with the sunroof. Yeah. Our meek little sun, just trying. <laughs> Come on, sun. <laughs> you can it, do it. If it made a sound, <laughs> the winter sun last night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shane, having a discussion with uh, Panel Beta. Yes. Um, they're, they're doing a little post-show huddle at the moment, which yes. is kind of good. Again... I love this station because you get such great views. Um, 
beautifully put and mm. research. Shane was talking about um, the AZ vaccine and, of course, how it oh. has been completely – how do we – Put this maligned by the media? Is yeah, that the, the right way to put it? I am. Um, yeah, I like if, it. If you're on uh, the Twitters and you don't follow Dr. Shane, then I think you're a bit silly because. Uh, how would you find him? Uh, well, you might just do a search on the Twitters for Dr. Shane. I think it's Dr. Shane RRR. He'll probably correct me now. That's fairly straightforward. Um, and you too can follow the travails of him getting, well, you've missed it now, getting his second vaccination during the week, as I did yesterday. Very excited. To Pfizer Manelli. Pfizer Manelli. Wow. Uh, so did they keep a bit for you, did they? They did. Uh, they just kept it you back. Might, to, you might be me. the last one. <laughs> but no, big ups to... We went. Uh, we had to check out to Sunshine Hospital. Um, and it was super easy. There were all these nice people manning the boom gates at the car park and uh. telling you where to go and there was no wait times. And we were very lucky, of course, to have an appointment because that was quite a struggle a few weeks ago. But uh, certainly was. And we certainly have seen supply issues that will be exacerbated in the coming months, I yes. would say. But if you're eligible... Do uh, make every effort to try and book yourself in for a vaccine. Even if you have to wait for it, it's, it's worth the effort. It's the only way out of this, isn't it? It's the only way we're going to go back to uh, full bars. Any full normality. Yeah. Normality in our lives or a life without fear. And you look at our northern cousins up there in Sydney, and hello to anyone listening from Sydney. It yes. sucks the situation you find yourself in. We, and we feel for you. All of the same issues that the hospital industry has sort of been through in Melbourne now, obviously it's Sydney where people are losing shifts and may mm-hmm. not be able to pay rent and it's just a really horrible situation. Yes, and um, yeah, I was going to say that uh, thank God that uh, our great leader has come out and said, don't you worry, we'll look after you with the money. <laughs> maybe he didn't quite do that down here, but no. uh, maybe there's different... Uh, Things that have to be seen too. Hey, what's on the show today, Cam? Different motivation, shall we say, I'm Maddie. just going to drag the soapbox no, away no. from you. I just, I just thought I'd just quickly just... No, I'm just going to go on tippy toes a little bit here. Mm. Um, it's funny that you say the ramifications for the hospitality industry because we will be touching base very, very shortly with Danny Vallant. Yes. Um, and we will be talking about the lockdown, the issues in hospo. Uh, the fact that shifts have been added in the priority immigration list. Yes. Um, and about staffing, we might mention there was an article that was out in Good Food um, about a buddy of the show, Joseph Abud. Yes. And the trials and travails that he's had to deal with since, well, since he used to have three places. Yeah. There's only one now with Rumi. Celebrating 15 years, we should say. But, yeah, all across the industry, um, yeah. I remember we had uh, – I'm sure he wouldn't mind saying Carlo Grossi in a few weeks ago. And yeah. He said, you know, that, that family are working 100-hour weeks because they just can't find people. Uh, it's just it's so, so hard across the industry. So Yeah, so the, uh, the Sunday lunches um, that the family have, mm. and one of the reasons why we never really hear from the Grossies. <laughs> yes, do you want to come in on Sunday? No, we're doing <laughs> lunch. What are you, uh, crazy or something like sorry. that? Sorry. Um, but there's, um, there's ramifications. So Danny Valant. Mm. We have a great chat, or I had a great chat with um, John where we just sort of went on tangents of really more talking about food and cooking of meat. You went poking <laughs> through his shopping bag. You said, well, what's this? Uh, it was it was more, what, what's that in your mouth from yesterday? Oh, right. Sort of thing that um, he we were looking at um, a takeaway container of what he had got leftover wise. Yes. And we were sort of poking <laughs> around that going, oh, that looks pretty good. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that. And we're going to have a chat to Chris Moore, 
of Sailor's Grave Beer. Yes. Who is doing an interesting event down in East Gippsland. And I thought it might be an interesting thing to touch base with him, being mm. a uh, ambassador of the area. Yes. Um, of course, he's in Orbost with uh, Sailor's Grave Beer. But he's doing a, a very, very interesting gig today on some island um, with Briggsy from a Sardine Restaurant, which oh, is yeah. probably East Gippsland's one of the top places. Mm. One of the top places, certainly in Meetung anyway. So uh, we might just finish off the show with a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I found an interesting quote. We haven't done a quote for a while. This Let's is, do one now then. Thank you, Matt. This yeah. is a very, very pithy old thing from Rudyard Kipling. So you can imagine how this would go. <laughs> and and it starts, this is such an old empire thing, which uh-huh. uh, those days are certainly gone when they said the sun will never set on the English empire. Yes. Well, it has. Um, <laughs> we haven't had any tea for a week. The bottom is out of the universe. So that shows, yes, how they thought about tea. And also just something to ponder. In uh, America... Yes. Um, ..a day designated by the Coconut Coalition of the Americas... The uh, the CCA. Yeah, CCA. Proud member. Yes. Card-carrying member. <laughs> Show us your coconuts. Uh, you'll be happy to know that it's National Coconut Day. Oh, good. So bang those things together... That's a, that's a big day for the CCA. They sort of spent oh, yeah, no, it's been all year building up to this mm-hmm. day. And so, there, yeah, good luck to them all. It's a red-letter day for the CCA. You're listening to 3 FM. It's 10 past. We're going to find Danny and get her on the line. Yes. And have a chat. We'll see you soon. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. To find out more about Triple R or to explore many more shows, podcasts, articles, videos and interviews, head to the Triple R website at rrr.org.au. Danny Villan, thank you for joining us on Sunday here on uh, an interesting day midwinter. Yeah, Cam, thanks for having me. We're having lots of interesting days, aren't we? <sighs> yeah, God, that Chinese curse, eh? Interesting <laughs> exactly. times. We've been a part of it for too long. I just want a little bit of... Oh, it'd be great when we all get vaccinated and we can just get out of this mer- pile of mouths that we are in. Yep, I hope so. It's um, yeah. There's new news coming through all the time. I just so it's just been announced that Darwin and other parts of the Northern Territory are going into lockdown from. Whoa, really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, new. That, had... So is that just yep. hit? Breaking news. You know this is a breaking news show. It certainly is. <laughs> wow. Um, so so yeah, that, how long, um, Danny? Uh, 48 hours. 48 so hours. So circuit breaker, hopefully. And just see what um, the hell's going on. Right. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, it's just, I really feel for Sydney um, in a two-week lockdown. It's, um, you know, we know we know all about it here, don't we? Just um, Yes. It's just a devastating scramble for restaurants and bars and um, cafes and, yeah. It events, yeah. people. Like, you know, if you had an event on, um, over. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's really tough, and I was chatting to someone who runs big events in Sydney uh, yeah. late last week, and he was he was saying they things were going. They just had the most bookings um, oh, no. that they've had. You know, he felt that they were still running at about thirty percent of what they were pre-COVID, but he felt that things were really on the up. The confidence was back, okay. and we um, know that people song. were ready to. 
to book and to spend. Yeah, look, we know that. And yeah. um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's really, it is really devastating. I think, the, you know, I'm obviously really upset for people who are going through it, but I think the other thing that I'm really a bit despondent about is that um, if we can't get through it with testing and tracing, then are we just all going to be subject to more lockdowns? Like, God, I don't even want to say that out loud. No. So we just can't. I no. just don't even... No, let's just say it's not going to happen. And, yeah, they'll smash it and um, it'll all be okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. It'll be okay. Um, you sound like Gladys Berejiklian with her upward inflections in her voice that she sometimes does. And what a, a, that poor woman. I mean, she's had to... Yeah, endure that, and um, oh, I don't know. Yeah, look, my my thoughts go to everybody uh, to the north. Um, maybe initially there was, if I'm going to be brutally honest, a, a touch of Schadenfreude, um, but that's washed over me now. Matt's smiling at me, uh, <laughs> but the yeah, it's it's just such an awful predicament, isn't it? Yeah, I, I just think. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. It's like there, there's certainly been some shade cast in the Victorian direction, but um, well, yes. yeah. you don't you don't you don't wish it on anyone. And I just really hope they smash it because you know, as it was for us when we went in, you know, our lockdowns. You're doing it not just for yourselves; you're doing it for the whole country. And um, yeah, so obviously, definitely wish Sydney all the best in crushing it because. As we know, borders are pretty porous, and mm. um, yeah, like lots of cases in one part of Australia, it, it, and, it's no good for any of us. And unfortunately, community is made up of so many different types of people. And uh, there was an interesting story about some people that had evaded the lockdown by prior flying in their private jet to Cooper Pedy of all places, and they got detected in a karaoke bar and were arrested. <laughs> Which yeah. I think is uh, um, was a good thing. Uh, I don't even know where to start with that yeah, story. Yeah, it's just, just, it's I don't just even, people. Never having had a private debt at my disposal, I'm not really sure um, if that's how I would have used it. Um, oh, think of going to Cooper Pedy. I don't know if it'd be my first destination. But anyway, back to food. Um, one thing that you did say was uh, an interesting. Um, well, an interesting outcome of the lack of staff in the industry um, is that the chefs have been added in priority immigration listings. Yeah, so that was just announced during the week um, and it is really good news for hospitality right around Australia. So chefs have been added to the priority migration skilled occupation list. Mm. So that means that chefs have been um, designated, uh, you know, an occupation of need that, and that those those positions can't be filled with people who are already in Australia and anybody in hospitality would say, yeah, we knew this. It was one of the very... It's, I mean, chefs are already in short supply pre pandemic, but um, certainly it was one of the very foreseeable um, outcomes of not looking after visa holders during the pandemic, yes. um, that there weren't going to be enough people to fill those positions on the other side. So chefs have been added, like lobby groups have also been agitating that uh, restaurant managers and sommeliers are also added to those lists. I think anybody who's eating in restaurants at the moment would notice that um, 
you know, the, the staff, people are understaffed and staff aren't experienced in a lot of restaurants as they have been. So uh, I think to have the hospitality uh, playgrounds that we love to have in mm. Australia and certainly in Melbourne, um, we do need more experienced staff. It's, a, you know, it's a kind of, it's a big conversation because when you start to talk to people about about these things, they'll talk about, well, you know, just, they should just pay them more. Um, that's a really common refrain. Yes, um, yep. It's... It's not that simple. Um, there simply aren't the experienced staff out there, and you can't solve that problem um, can I, uh, with a click of the fingers. Dev, not even devil's advocate. It's it's more of a just to broaden the conversation. So we we've changed the immigration status to get more people on the on this priority immigration list. Yeah, that's great. What about from uh, training from within the TAFEs, you know, the, the William Angluses um, and and getting our own population trained and yeah. in the restaurants? Yeah, look, it's a great it's a it's a, it's a great thing to bring up, Cam, and it's definitely part of the story. I think mm. you know um, you can. There are so many ways that I can answer your question. So let's just take one. Okay. One is that, one. that high schools are ranked on their ATARs, so on their university entrance scores, and that's what gives schools prestige. Oh. So a lot of schools tend to funnel kids into um, university courses yeah. rather than trades because that's It makes us look um, bad if we're sending all these kids to tech school or to a TAFE. Is yeah, that- so one thing, is, one thing that could be – a lot of it is – one thing that threads through the whole conversation from decisions that are made by kids in high school right through to customers that are sitting down and ordering food in restaurants mm. is the prestige that is um, placed upon the hospitality industry. But until kids and parents think that hospitality is a worthy – um, a worthy yeah, a worthy career with great opportunities um, and a good lifestyle attached to it um, mm-hmm. until there's that side of it and until people sitting in restaurants value the true cost of putting food on plates in front of them, mm. um, then we are going to be struggling. Yeah, right. Okay. And uh, an, an interesting um, case in point that um, you sent me a... Uh, uh, yeah, this has got your byline on it. So an article that you wrote in Good uh, Good Food, so it's available at the Age website, um, and you were talking to one of my favourite people in this industry, the very, very lovely Joseph Abood, um, yeah. regarding rooming, yeah. 15 years yeah, old and yikes. I know, 15 years is a really fantastic milestone for any restaurant to achieve. And, um, yeah, so I chatted to Joseph on my podcast, and was really happy to write this article for Good Food about um, Rumi achieving that milestone. But just the, the, the situation that he's in at the moment, having sold one restaurant, Moorshead in Thornbury, earlier this year, having closed the restaurant in the city, Bar Saracen, because it just was making it hard to for it to stack up While he was still having to pay rent on it too, Danny, that was the thing that was really was a double ouch on that one. Yeah, it's super, yep. super tough situation. Yep. Um, and then he sort of consolidated at his flagship restaurant, Rumi, in Brunswick. But because there's no staff around, he's got his dad pulling the whiskers off the prawns. He's got his wife is in there doing Natalie's a in there, yeah. 
his son, his eldest son, Malachi, is working the deep fryer and doing some dishes and learning how to say yes, chef, to his dad, <laughs> uh, apparently with great sarcasm at times. At um, but So, I mean... It, it, there's, it's something so lovely about that, but I think it also does speak to um, the situation that a lot of businesses find themselves in. And in one of the uh, impacts of having no staff and also having you know a more compliant industry than we've had in the past, where people are only working you know hours that they're paid for, is that owners are working like absolute killer hours in mm. businesses yeah. um, uh, because they just have to. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a really, it's a beautiful story and it's, you know, they're a lovely family. It's a great restaurant. It's a real part of the heart and soul of Brunswick East. How do we, um, how do we find yeah. that story, Danny? Uh, I don't know, just like Google, Rumi, Danny Valent, maybe? I don't know, look on the Good Food website. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, I'll put, options, it, I'll put it options. on my Instagram as well. Yeah, there you go. Okay, that's Denny Villain. I'll get around to that. Um, I'm getting the wind-up from Matt, so please don't think that um, I'm bringing this to a close because I don't adore speaking to you and hearing your voice uh, and, um, and and what do you have to say. Danny, thank you so much for having a chat. Uh, what's on for the rest of your day? Going out anywhere to eat? Well, we're allowed to have 15 people to our house, so we're having an afternoon tea um, at Ooh. my parents' house with the extended fam, so I'm really well, looking forward to that. Wow. Have you baked any cakes or anything like that for it? No, but I reckon I will. I'm going to do a pear and buckwheat cake. What? Pear and yeah, buckwheat? It's, yeah, it's super delicious. Oh, that yeah. sounds amazing. I love buckwheat. Being, oh. being half Russian, my mama used to cook the kasha, you know. Um, yes, yes. Pear and buckwheat, that sounds great. Okay, I might have to have a look for a recipe of that. Um, Danny, big hug. Always good to chat. Thank you so much. Likewise, have a great rest of the show. See ya. Boom, back at you, the Danny Valant. There it is. So, yes, um, have a look at that. Good food. Uh, the name of the article is Brunswick East's Roomy Restaurant. So mm. put Roomy in there. should be good. Melbourne's own Triple R. Oh, what'd you get? Oh, you got... Oh, that looks good. Beans. Bolotti beans. Yeah. Smoked pork trotters. Artichoke. And carciofini. Carciofini. Uh, I added all of my own last night. Yeah. As we were saying before, the peasants are revolving, revolting. They don't understand yeah. delicate food. That's, and your delicate sensibilities too, John. That's right. Uh, and by way of introducing a very, very good afternoon to you, John, it's good to see you. It is a beautiful uh, day again, Sunday. Yeah, you got your jacket, you got your uh, your vest on. Yes, I've got um, a beautiful vest to keep my back warm. As long as we're warm, we can do anything. That's a good vest. Like it you is. could go through... The Antarctic in that vest. Yes. Well, you could get go through some cold. Um, here we are. It's the market. It's, yeah. Sun's trying to break through. It is trying. It is is trying. Uh, you were just telling me about um, how you uh, had some salted ham hocks. The yeah. Other day, and you made all these different meals from it. Yes. Um, one of the butcher boys, Italian descent, said to me, oh, "I've got all these ham hocks. Yeah. Um, do you want some?" And I said, "Yeah." Only if you brine them for me. This is Steve. Steve, Steve up here. Um, He's the one who used to make those amazing um, uh, pork and fennel sausages. And they make beautiful kotakini too. Yeah. Yes. Um, he said, oh, that's a thought. So he, he was a good boy. He went away and he salted them. Mm. Now, normally we bake them and, mm. and they come up like a baked ham. Why should you salt the 
Why should you brine the ham hock? Just for something different. Okay, you know? also, also yeah. they, they, there is a view that if you brine something, it because of the osmotic pressure, um, it makes them more juicy. It does, and it brings out the, a flavour, the yeah. richness of the pork as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I really think it does accentuate the porky taste, and I yeah. love it like that. Uh, Franca does. Sorry, vegetarians. Uh, yeah, but oh, well, no, just a we'll, little disclaimer, you know. Like, we we'll, we'll all have we'll, our problems. We'll and start talking about vegetables soon. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we did actually. We we uh, boiled the ham hocks um, with uh, six million vegetables, and it came up really thicky, soupy. Thick. How long? Because oh, you've got to hours, braise it, don't hours, you? It yeah. has to be more than three hours so that we yeah. have the. The gelatin, go- the collagen going to gelatin. Well, thing. actually, you can even see that here with these pork um, trotters. Uh, right. Everything's congealed, and, yeah. and and that's what happens. Apart from the fat on the top, the bottom's congealed as well. So that's when it's the best. Yeah. So we put all these veggies in, yeah. and um, my neighbour's wife or, or her brother, I'm not quite sure. They're both proficient at making dumplings. Oh. Um, yeah. I had some in the freezer because we couldn't eat them when they were given to me. Yes. So we put them into the soup, and um, um, it was a beautiful dumpling soup. And because we're cannibals and don't know when to stop eating, we ate all the um, dumplings and then um, put the juice left in uh, to the fridge. Yes. And two days later, we cooked um, little angel hair pasta and put that through the soup. Yeah, so this is the really, really small noodle that... We don't use a lot, or, or usually I think of it with, like, crab meat or something yes. like that. You know? or it's like the noodles they put in Singapore noodles, if a lot of people can as- associate with that better. I can. You just made me really hungry. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. And well, I don't know why. That, that's our job. And it's now good. I've just gone one stage further, and I'm thinking of, like, um, angel hair with a mud crab in it and the two claws as a garnish. I'm going to shoot you. Oh, my God. Because I can't get a, cra- a crab now, and I want it now. <laughs> How good does that sound? <laughs> yeah, um, oh. because we do love mud crab as well, and we oh. do so many things with that. I was, I was saying to this French guy the other day who I'm going to get on the show, the mud crab is the finest protein that we have in this country. Yes, um, and it's beautiful. And the best one I had mm. was when we were playing Gypsy up North Queensland, and um, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. what did you say? You were playing gypsy? Yeah, yeah, we were roaming around. Oh, you know? roaming, roaming. Yeah, Roman. yeah, we've been like a Romany. Uh, <laughs> hopped in a car in the, in the olden days when we were young and stupid. Yeah. Hop in a car and go and explore. Because yeah. we've explored all of Victoria, yeah. a fair bit of New South Wales, and a little bit of Queensland. Time so, to go. yeah, so we stop and we see this caravan mm. and it says seafood. So, what's John do? walk over and I see this mud crab still moving around and he said yeah we just fished it out of the creek at the back here. Yeah. So um, we, we bought the mud crab and went and found the caravan park and um, yeah, it came out the big stick and pot and you know what happened then. Yeah. So I say no more. Bye bye mud crab, 20 minutes. With pasta. No more. And we did it with pasta. And you did time. it with pasta, yeah. good boys. So, but what noodle did you use for that? Well, we only had penne, so yeah. penne was good enough when you're hungry, mate. Yeah, okay. You can even eat a horse, as they say. Oh, mud crab. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, so, anyway, but okay. So let's go, let's bring it back to the, this, <laughs> this little ham hock that started this whole conversation. So back to the ham hock, and you had it with the spaghettini. Yeah, we had it with the spaghettini, and um, that was to die for as well. Yeah. Um, probably a little bit too rich. We should have watered the soup down a little bit more, but uh, that was lovely. You know, you, you it was cold. 
Um, no, I, I, I didn't parsley put much, on just a little bit of parsley. Yeah, I, I didn't put any cheese. My kids did. They put cheese on everything, <gasps> mate. Oh, what, yeah. are, what are they, animals? Mm, pagans. My God! <laughs> and this is an Italian household that you allowed this to happen? Yeah, but they love their pecorino. They'll eat it in any shape and form. Yeah. And actually, last night we had it in three forms. We had a very, very fresh, soft pecorino. Mm. And we had the pepato, uh, sorry, chili pecorino dry. Oh. And they had the grated stuff on their soup. Yeah, and so, you know, no pepato, though. No pepato. Mum used to love that. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad, actually. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Then my grandfather used to have it with crackers and wine. Yeah, my mum did too. <laughs> hey, maybe they got together. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows about um, that? Yeah, so normally with a salted ham hock, um, we normally bake it. We lay it on its side first so the bottom bit cooks and then we stand it up so yeah. the knuckle's pointing upwards um, and the skin goes a beautiful, crusty, crackly... And there was, there was an observation that you made to me oh. that, and we might just pass this off to the listeners... The carnivore listeners, obviously. Sorry, again, we're going to talk about vegetables soon. Um, but if you freeze the ham hock, the crackle is actually better. Yes. Uh, that I was an observation it, it, it you made. Dry, it dries out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and if you find that it is very, very soft and it, you know, because it's just been uh, pickled, mm. uh, what we do is we can put a little bit of sauce and, and more salt on the outside. Yeah. And then olive oil and then shove it in the oven. Kaboom. Yeah, and, and, then, and, and then, you know, you give it that initial burst. Yeah. Uh, and then you turn the gas down a little bit and then let it cook. Well, and, I've still got that one that's frozen. I still haven't eaten. I've got to get around to Get that. it out tonight and do it tomorrow. All right. And the beauty of it is, because it's salted, you don't, you don't have to overcook it. When no. your crackling's done, even if it's still pink in the middle, which it will be because of the salt, yes. don't think that it's raw. And I think I'm going to go Germany um, oh, and yeah. do some braised cabbage sort of stuff. The best pork I had was in Handorf in South Australia, mate. Yeah. Well, that was salted. Near Kaiserstuhl, yeah, where yeah. all the Germans are, yeah, or yeah. were, I came originally. They're still there. Well, they're still there, yeah, but they're, 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 they're skippies now. Yeah, yeah. German skippies. Oh, yeah, you want to say that to them? <laughs> yeah, no. No, no, no. Hey, let's, uh, let's talk about some fruit and veg over here. Um, I've noticed that um, one of the most overrated fruit in the world is across there. Dragon fruit? Yeah. 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 It is because... Um, I mean, I had to go on a negative. But, but, <laughs> but I look at those things and it's like a lot of those tropical fruits is that they're... It's not a fruit. Okay. It's a cactus. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. True that, true that. Would I argue I with you, I had to give John? it to you, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no. But, but most of the time they're, they're sort of they're watery. There's not much flavour to them. But they look a bit alarming. But look at the colours. That's a golden one. Yeah. And there's one really bright yellow one, which I've never seen. I've and only the, seen photos of it. Yeah, and then the But red there's ones. pink ones and yeah. there's red ones and yeah. I think a whitish one. Yeah. Okay, well, that's, uh, that's, I'm, I'm going on a negative. But $9 a kilo, that's a bit much. But, but. but yeah, but wait. I've seen recipes put them in fruit salad and. Uh, that's not a recipe. That's you just know what assembly. the Asians really use them for? To clean the gut out. And also exfoliate the skin. Yeah. You can exfoliate yeah. your skin with them. Yeah, so it does have a purpose. All right, yeah, okay. So, it's you know, valid. Ugly as they are, where, as we say, the ugly things always try harder. They have a, a station in life, too. It's like us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so but can I just point out from something that is really, really good for the guts and good for your skin <laughs> to something that is just a great thing to have around, and that's pomegranate. 
Yes, yeah, strange. As we slowly I, get to realise, us skippies get to realise this. I like to suck the juice, but I spit the seed. The seed reminds me of wheat. Yes. And I don't like the flavour when I chew them. Yep. My mum will crack a big one and eat it. She'll sit there like she's having lollies, you know, we're, we're even at her age now. No, mate, just crack it open Nose and in. go for it, mate. Nose in. And, uh, yeah. Nose yeah, in, Nancy, they call it. And, and um, she loves it. I hope but she's uh, there are, <laughs> no. She, she won't be. She'll, she'll right. be having her morning tea now. Yeah, good. Um, or afternoon tea afternoon by the time tea, this yes. goes on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, people do a lot of things with them. Um, there are a lot of Middle Eastern dishes that call for them, even just for decoration on top. Yeah. Um, I've had pomegranate ice cream, which I didn't mind. Well, it, it's sweet and it's a little bit sour. It's, it's like an acid and sugar lift, and visually they are like rubies. They are. And, they're beautiful. And, and they're not as hard to open up. Um, a lot of chefs cut them in the middle and bang the bejuvas out with a... A um, wooden spoon, yeah. but it's easy if you just cut the top off where the core is, mm. like you'd be cutting off the end of an orange, yeah. and then you can see where the veins are, and you run the knife down the vein, and it just comes open, and they just pop out. It's very, very easy to do. Okay, did you hear that, folks? There you go. There's some valuable advice from from Mr. John. Uh, you, you can even buy the juice of the pomegranates as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, there's a uh, those weird. Um, rounded bottles um, oh, I forget the name of the company but they're all over the world and they've made a lot of, lot of money uh, now what was else was I going to mention, oh you've got some carchofi speaking of yeah the, and we've got baby carchofi and uh, artichokes um, for um, I uh, sold some to some young Australian girls they said oh we've always admired them in the jars and bought a few to eat but we've never tried them so they bought a handful one day and experimented what they do? Uh, they just cleaned them back and boiled them and put them in the oil. Boom. And then they Easy. came back the next week and she said, we'll take the box. I said, gee, that's well, good. You really drank the Kool-Aid, didn't you? Yeah, and I sold them a, a can of Australian olive oil, extra virgin olive oil from Western Australia. And they showed me the photo of a big jar. I think it's probably, what, two or three Oh, no way, one. really? Big jar, and the photo, it looks so beautiful. And she says, we're having a feast every day. Thank you very much. And that, well, that's what makes my job. That makes... You just made my day, too. I mean, yeah. um, artichokes, by far my favourite vegetable. And we've got big ones as well. The big ones are coming on. I only got one box of... Um, purpley ones that's a hybrid there's three left yes yes um this one's a purpley one got a little bit of a point but no spike like the spinoza yeah it's a very nutty artichoke you can steam it up and have it on its own with very very little on top Mm. um just parsley garlic and a drop of olive oil maybe um or if you want to do you could do the frenchy thing if you want to artichokes for beginners artichokes with the l plate on it just boil them for 20 minutes in acidulated water. That's the most important thing, because some of us don't like them to go black. Just leave that hang. <laughs> uh, and then you just and then you just put in a bowl with with, with, with a vinaigrette. Yeah, that's right. Well, see. I'll tell you what Cambridge has done. He's got his back on me because I always say, chuck the artichokes, chuck the potatoes, yeah. chuck the broad beans in. Everything goes a beautiful brown colour. Yeah, grey And it's very, is very good. You know, and grey is beautiful. So, you know, as you said, not everyone likes it grey. So the, yeah. the lemon, um, the acid of the lemon will keep it um, more of a natural colour. Yeah, it stops and, um, If you do the baby ones and you put a lot of lemon in, they actually get bleached and they go white. 
uh, which some people like. I don't. I like no, I a little bit of colour on it. Yeah. Um, and actually, so, I know, I know, I'll say, when I do my great dish that you taught me all those years ago now, which is just pretty much a broth of artichokes and broad beans and a salad onion... I let it go grey, and I'm fine. Yeah, it's good. It's good for you. Yeah, it's good it's for fine. the soul as well to have yeah, something yeah. different. Because sometimes we get over excited and make pretty dishes with colours. Overstimulated with colour. That's <laughs> right. So sometimes we go back to basics, yeah. peasant food, and it's good for you. Yeah. Good for the soul again. Yeah, damn right. Have we had any frosts yet to make cabbages and Brussels sprouts sweet? Uh, some places copped a, a frost. Our tomatoes... Oh <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talking too much. Yeah, we are. Our, our tomatoes are still coming from outside yeah. in... Um, well, they were Doncaster now. It's Coldstream. They've had two frosts out there. Yes. Uh, got to minus two a couple of mornings. So I'd say the other areas have got um, frost. The cabbages that we've got on the stand today are really, really lovely. You can see they look like a baby. They're nice and pristine, mm. uh, shiny, soft, sweet. You can eat them raw, you can cook them, you can make a um, um, corned beef and cabbage with them or, or corned cabbage, uh, corned pork, salted pork and cabbage, oh, yeah. if you want. Yeah, it um, sounds good. But even coleslaw, it's a beautiful cabbage to do yeah. that. Um, and there are a lot of beautiful carrots to go with it, carrots, celery, onion, even chuck in a, an apple if you feel like it in a shredded apple. Great idea because that helps with the, um, uh, with the guts, with the, with the pork. Yeah. Look, I'm going to have to go back to the studio because we've I've taken way too much time. John, good to chat with you. It is lovely. Come to the market. Um, I'm seeing eggplants across there for two bucks and capsicums for four. It's all here. It's looking amazing. And you can see smiling John and Sammy here too. Yeah, yeah. We're all here ready and waiting to have a good day. <laughs> and there's a bit of a festival out there as well. Right. Um, there's um, something. South American stuff. Oh, good. Um, okay. I've forgotten it's got, left me. But anyway, <laughs> it'll be jumping. People will come out in the afternoon. Come out, have a walk around, have a bit of fun. Life's grand. Good to see you. I'll catch up with you in a few weeks. No Thanks, worries. John. All the best. Triple R. Salut. My name is Alex from the YouTube channel Alex French Guy Cooking, and you're listening to Eat It on 3 Triple R. Yes, indeed you are. And that was recorded right in here on Monday. I had yeah. a chat to uh, Alex, Mr. French Guy Cooking. You see him on YouTube. Mr. French Guy Cooking. He's very good. You, yeah. He's very good, you know. You were about to sleep into the accent. I know. I can't help it. It's yeah. like, um, uh, yeah, it's a second nature thing. But, that, <laughs> yeah, that will be coming up uh, in a couple of weeks' time. I'm looking hmm. forward to that. Uh, but in the meantime, we use this piece of technology called the phone and we use it to travel around and uh, we're going to the far east of this state (laughs) i should say uh near the border which i think has been closed down but uh very very happy to touch base with chris moore from sailor's grave brewing usually in beautiful downtown orbost but where have we found you at the moment chris i can hey buddy i um, I just got off a boat um, across the Painesville Lakes. I'm at Ocean Grange, which is sort of the original homestead wow. on this uh, this uh, sort of dune. On one side, there's the lakes, and the other side is the uh, the ocean. It's pretty stunning. I've never been here before. Oh, wow, really? That's really part of the backyard. Isn't it funny that yeah. it takes an event to, uh, to get you to explore more of your area? Because you live sort of around the, uh, well, in Cape Conran, yeah? 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, in between Marlow and Cape Conrad on that sort of wild, windswept coastal stretch there. Yeah, it is, it is kind of wild around there. And, uh, and so at the moment you are in Painesville, which is sort of the, uh, what do we call it? It's sort of like the leafy eastern suburbs of, <laughs> uh, yeah. of East Gippsland, shall we say. Yeah, and especially over here, there's kind of, you can only get here by boat and there's a lot of there's this amazing homestead, but there's also a lot of kind of family shacks, you know, right on the on the beach or just behind the beach. So it's, and is this, yeah. you've just sent me a picture of this, it, this, this homestead has got a tower built on it? Yes, a giant turret. Far out. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's sort of um, Victorian sort of colonial style with the, with the veranda that goes all the way around. It must have been sort of early 1800s to be built yeah, like uh, that. With, uh, it was 1889. 1889? Okay, I'm yeah. wrong. Wrong. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's still a long time ago. That's looking at me going, yeah, good on you, mate. <laughs> So you're doing that and and you're there for a lunch um, and you are very, very lucky to be having some of the food of uh, Mr. Mark Briggs, Esquire of Sardine, which is uh, uh, probably one of the restaurants in that area, yeah? It is, it is, yeah. It's it's part of the East Gippsland Winter Festival, which has been going for a week or so now and had to lunch with uh, Sardine doing all the cooking, uh, us with some beer and light from tons with some wine and yeah, really just kind of showcasing Ocean Grange as a, as a venue, really. It sounds like an amazing thing and um, it's pretty exclusive, uh, the, th- the event that you're at, we can only sort of look with longing and uh, <laughs> and think of only we were there vicariously. Um, am I correct in saying 16 people? Uh, today it's kind of media events, but I think they're, they're doing an event every day this week with 16 people each night or afternoon. Yes. Um, yeah, but um, they, do, they do do large groups here as well, which is a pretty amazing location. Wow. Wow, it sounds good. And um, And what sort of stuff's on the menu, do you know? I don't know yet. Oh, I literally just got off the boat yeah, mate. and about to walk up onto the veranda and find out. What you, and what have you done? It'll be amazing if Mark's cooking. Well, can you please pass on my regards to him and also apologies. I was hoping to be closing the festival uh, with him and uh, uh, at an event, but I'm, I'm, I can't make it, which I'm, I'm very, very disappointed about. But uh, so have yeah, you gotten I'll off? definitely pass it on. Please do. So um, I imagine you've gotten off the boat with Gab, uh, what, with a couple kegs under your arms and getting ready to set up or what's happening <laughs> no we're sitting down luckily there are there are some are you civilians sometimes yep we're just sort of sitting provide some booze enjoy the food oh, good gig. great conversation yeah well that sounds good and um and i'm curious what beer did you uh did you bring for for this gig uh we've got uh one of our Permanent beers, which is our Down She Gozer. It's a very clean, oh, easy yeah. drinking beer brewed yeah. with uh, local seaweed. Great. Um, yes. And we've got a Honey Bush Braggart that we did with Uncle Noel Butler from South Coast, New South Wales. A really oh, kind of really? amber coloured, um, honeyed, uh, malty beer. Delicious. What's it called again? Um, a Honey Bush Braggart. Braggart. A Braggart. So a Braggart is a is kind of someone... mix of. Beer and and um, honey brewed together. Oh, so it's not someone who just says, "Check out my house and do you like my Porsche?" Yeah, <laughs> no. So a, a braggart is actually a, a, a valid style of beer. 
Yes. Wow, yeah, so it is. learn something new every day. Yeah. And, yeah, so and, we've got those two on today, and I think they'll be showcasing a few others during the week as well. And are you but glad they've got glad, glad they've got the break it on? Actually, that's a really um, great collaboration, ongoing collaboration that we're doing with Uncle Noel and Trish. Um, they're from near Aladulla, yes, and yes. yeah, they were burnt out completely in the fires a summer ago. Oh, um, but he's a he's an amazing Indigenous elder, you an elder um, with an encyclopedic knowledge of native botanicals. So it's really great to kind of work on, we're doing this project, I guess, celebrating seasonality through a yes. uh, indigenous lens, you know, which is more about landscape cues than yes. it is about, you know, months of the year. So, and those landscape cues linked to ingredients. So it's wow. a fun project. And here we go, Chris, again, we, we, we're always learning, aren't we? I'm wondering, is the, um, the honey that you use for that sugar bag, or are you using um, a, a European-style honey? It's a honey which is 100% Banksia flower honey, so, um, which links back to a story that yes. Uncle Noel used to tell about a, a drink that was sort of a very fast-fermented drink made from Banksia nectar. Yes. And we've also got a kind of fancier version of this beer in a barrel which uses yeast from uh, bees, harvested from bees and yeast harvested from banksia flour to ferment the beer. So just to make it a more complete story. Yeah, absolutely. And um, that sounds like a really, really interesting beer. My God. Uh, and, uh, yeah. you, and you're holding that back for um, the, uh, the latter end of the dinner, uh, uh, lunch? I'm thinking is it's more for dessert? Yes, they are. They're serving it with dessert, that beer. So, yep. So I'm excited. It does sound exciting. So um, this is a collaboration that you've been doing for how long now? Uh, this is the this was the first beer of the collaboration, but we've mm. since done two other beers. We've got a, a porter uh, that has been we're just about to release, which is uses uh, native cherry wood, um, which we uh, burnt and smoked some in a very ad hoc amateurish Ooh. way. Smoked some malts um, with the the cherry wood, which how, was going how, into that porter. And how successful was that? These this amateur way? tasting, yeah, tasting good so tasting far. Tasting a fine line between um, lovely kind of cherry wood smoke flavour and a ashy campfire. And, and, and I think we just and a bushfire. Yeah, okay, that that, <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. that sounds kind of good. Oh, I tell you what, gee, I'm kind of hankering for a, a bit of a porter. Thanks, Matt. Um, mm. It's uh, this is a perfect. Well, yeah, June, July. This is. This is the month to do it. And I remember Scotty uh, from uh, Wolf of the Willows, who actually I saw his car at the uh, the Vic Market this morning. I think he might have been out all night because he had a parking ticket on his car, but I don't want to, you know, say things out of church uh, on that. But he was telling me – oh, Scotty's awesome. But he was telling me the story about how Porter came along was it was a drink <coughs> to um, to uh, to uh, to keep the, the, the actual Porter's – um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, we, to keep them um, to going strong, shall we? Uh, fort, yes. Fortified. Is fortified. The word. Thank yes. you. <laughs> it was a thing to fortify the carriers of luggage. This this beer was yep. named for that, and it had um, which which I thought was kind of interesting. Because um, reminds me of my um, my mum when she had uh, my older sister in England. They were still giving. Uh, 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 new mothers, uh, a glass of uh, stout to fortify them after their 
their labours. Well, well, give you a bit <laughs> of a... the day. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I remember that. It's Yeah, because the, the, we used to believe the thing Guinness is good for you. Um, yes. When, when, I I used to have a, when I used to have a restaurant in West Melbourne, I thought I'd have a go of that. And after lunch service, I used to have a Guinness and then wonder why I'd be so sleepy for uh, for dinner service. <laughs> <coughs> anyway, we did Sleepy but stronger, Cam. Oh, well, maybe. Maybe my iron levels had, had come up. Um, Chris, great to to hear from you. Um, I look forward to finding some of that portal. Um, Blackheart and Sparrows, would that be one of the easiest places to find your beer? Yep, definitely. Definitely. Blackheart and Sparrows is a great one. Probably yeah. at Audacious Monk as well. Audacious um, Monk. I like the sound of that. Yeah. Where are they? Yeah. Oh, that's a great... Um, Bottle shop and bar oh, up around, around near Reservoir, sort of bordering on Reservoir up oh, there. Okay. Um, yeah, really, really good selection up there. Oh, I might have to return there, though. We've been all talking about vaccinations and things. That's where I got my AZ at Reservoir. Reservoir, mate. Um, speak yep. good day to Gab. Have a great lunch. Um, do say hi to Mark for me. Tell him again I'm sorry that I can't come up for uh, the closing festival, but I look forward to seeing all the people, the good people of Gippsland, very, very soon. Thanks, Cam. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, see you, buddy. Chris Moore. There he is. Uh, Fresh off the boat. Yeah, lucky guy. Just sounds amazing. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, Painesville. Yes, lovely little neck of the woods around there. Yes. Good place to park your Range Rover. No. Um, what are we going to... Um, yes, uh, next week. We yes. are hoping we're going to have a chat to Sally Cap, our Lord Mayor. Oh, cool. Uh, to talk about uh, what's going on. Yeah. What are you doing? You know, that's that's sort of going to be the vibe, I suppose. Yep. Alex, the French cooking guy, will be coming up in the next couple of weeks. Yes. At the moment, though... <clears throat> Vanessa Morris is uh, waiting to do Still Here. Yes. Yeah, she's looking. She's already. Oh, she's peeking around the monitor going, yeah, I'm here. I'm ready to hit that <laughs> button and go. Uh, JVG, Radio Method after that. And uh, just a good way to spend a chilly Sunday afternoon is uh, yeah. warm inside on Triple R. Yeah, warm mm. inside is, uh, yeah, is a, a good way to go. Uh, I should also, a uh, couple people, happy birthday to uh, oh. Madam Brussels. To Miss Pearls. Miss Pearls, yes. happy birthday to you. And uh, John has his birthday tomorrow too oh. from the market. So uh, we should probably acknowledge that. Hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. Uh, let's have a little bit of outro music before we go to Still Here. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Cam. Bye. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 